You're listening to the Business Made Simple podcast with Donald Miller and Dr. J.J. Peterson. It is a, a very interesting job market right now. I mean, if you want to go get hired somewhere, it's a good time. What that means, though, is for our listeners uh, who own companies and run companies that we've got to figure out how to recruit top talent. We've got to be competitive in the market. We've got to figure out how to keep them. And then we've got to figure out how to make everybody so productive at their jobs we can actually pay them a little more and compete. So this is quite a challenge. It's talent management is what we're talking about. Doug Kime, president of Business Made Simple and Story Brand and very good friend. Thanks for coming on the show. You, you are the guy who's really in charge of management and execution. You're, you're in charge, and that means you're in charge of morale. And that means you're in charge of putting the right butts in the right seats, having the right talent. You're the right guy to talk to about talent management. We're talking about the war for talent, Don, aren't we? <laughs> we are talking about the war for talent. There's no question. And by the way, if you don't think you need to go to war for talent, you're going to end up with a bunch of duds on your staff, and you're going to be doing all the work, and you're going to be doing twice as much work because they're going to be messing things up. Ta Doug, talent really is everything, isn't it? I mean, after you got your product figured out and your marketing, you have got to have the right people in the door. Yeah, but there's, Don, there's literally thousands of books written on the importance of talent. And for a good reason, I don't know a leader that's worth their weight that doesn't have a strong point of view on this topic that we're talking about today that, you know, they really put a lot of effort into recruiting, retaining, and making sure that team members are engaged over the long haul. Because if not, you create turnover problems, which create financial problems. I mean, it goes right to the bottom line. We know that. I think a lot of people listening have done this. So raise your hand if you're driving down the street or jogging down the street and, you, and, and you've done this. You find somebody who your uncle knows, or your aunt knows, or goes to church with you, and they kind of had a job somewhat similar to the one that you've got open at your company, and you don't even really do an interview. You tell them to send a resume or maybe we can get, into, get, you know, get coffee, and you hire them. And, and, and here's what you think. You think, oh, how perfect. I needed somebody and the fur and then somebody showed up. And and the blind spot there is that you didn't realize there are actually 50 or 60 people who could do that job. We didn't do the effort to go look for those 50 or 60 people. We didn't compare and contrast them to each other and we didn't end up getting the best person because we assumed there was only one person in the entire world who could do that job, and they just happen to be a greeter at church. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know I know you and I are laughing, but I've been there, Doug, and I know that there are people who are listening who have been there, and I've learned, mainly because of you, no, go find top talent. And, and you know you learned from me because I told you about all the mistakes that I've made over my career. <laughs> and I, I mean... I used to be in the behavior modification business more than any in, than actually growing a company, you know, trying to change people and modify their behavior. Because you had the wrong people in the door, you think? Of course. Well, I didn't have a rigorous process around recruiting and interviewing. You know, for instance, you know, one of the things, Don, you and I have talked a lot about is the power of reference checking. I'll guarantee you 95% of the individuals that are going to get hired this week the reference checking has been non-existent or very, very weak. You know, we we didn't used to do that because you f you think you found a rescuer, and and why check their references? You don't even think about it. You don't even think you're like, oh, this is perfect. The puzzle piece fits. This person will fit. And we used to not do that, it, and we ran into trouble because of it. And now my wife, 
who doesn't even run the company. My wife will say to me, did we check their references? Did we check their references? Because she even knows what a bad move it is to not check references. Well, you know what you know what I used to do, Don? I would hire people that were good at interviewing and not very good at doing the job. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, you know, you do that a few times and it and it really shakes loose. You know, gosh, I there's got to be a different mousetrap to do this and, and have a, a better outcome. Because it's it's bad for the person you hire, it's bad for the company, it's bad for you as a leader. Well, give us some tips because you've done this quite a bit. Give us some tips on recruiting and talking to, interviewing, bringing on top talent. When you start to fall in love with one candidate, one preferred candidate, you're in trouble. You really do need to create a population of options. And so you've got to have a live network that you can go out to when you've got an opening. And you know that can happen a number of ways. I mean, you can use some of the online services that are super effective today and also your personal network and then tap into other people's networks. We pull all of those levers now when we have an opening and the candidates that we've gotten lately done, and you know this factually, are, are so much more impressive and powerful and have an impact right away on our company than what we used to get. Doug, what do you do? I'm going to push back a little bit. Let's say I'm the, I'm the client. Mm-hmm. What do you do with somebody who just says, you know, the, the market wants $90,000 for this position. I really, you know, I paid the old guy seventy five. And I don't want to budge off that. You know, we're just not making uh, that much money. We're not growing. What do you What do you say to somebody who's just being a little bit stingy with that salary option there? Yeah, well, I I go emotional and factual at a time like that. Uh-huh. So the the emotional appeal is you do know that you get what you pay for. Right. It's an investment. Don't be a knucklehead about trying to save a, a few dollars. That I have never seen that strategy work. Where it's like I'm I'm going to draw a hard line in the sand. And equally, sometimes you can pay less and get somebody that's super hungry and super aggressive, super teachable and coachable. And that's a better option. You know, so you, you shouldn't just look, well, the easiest thing in the world is open the checkbook and overpay for a position. You know, Well, yeah, there's somebody who there's somebody who doesn't have the experience, but they're eager, they're hungry, they've they've crushed it at their last job. Uh, and, and you can, you could pay them 65 and get more than you pay the the 95 for, but at the same time, that's not the point. The point is to actually say, what return am I going to get if I pay this person? That's it. And and don't just think that the 95 equals three X return on your investment, the 65, maybe a 10 X return on your investment. The point is you got to do the due diligence to find out, is this a good investment? Do I have a good feeling about this person? You got the ladder on the right wall with that, Don, when you start looking at payroll, you're off in la-la land. What you got to look at is your investment portfolio. That's what your payroll is. So every person is like a stock. That's what we say in Business Made Simple. Every person is like a stock. And some stocks perform well, some stocks do not. And you got to manage your portfolio all the time. There you go. And that's, you know, we'll get into some of this when we do our, our live coaching event where we talk about performance management and what you have to do. And it's good during the interview process to show that candidate how they are going to be evaluated moving forward. Some people will opt out when they know that they're going to be held accountable to certain standards. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good sign that you don't want them in the company. We thank them when they they say, no, no, that's not for me. But we know that A players love that high accountability culture. They love being performance managed. They want to get better. They want to get paid to stay in school and develop their skill set. Once you start getting your interviews 
tuned up right, your reference checking tuned up right, you really start getting excited about filling roles rather than dreading it. And that, I think that's another watch out, Don, is most people dread talent management. They dread interviewing. They dread having an open position. And so they make snap decisions, quick decisions, and then they have buyer's remorse. You know, you, you can't dread it. it. It should be one of the most exciting parts of any leader's job is the talent management job. And, and when you start thinking of people as an investment, it becomes an exciting thing because you're out there looking for the best stock. You're, you know, we're, we're talking to business owners, we're talking to people who know how to go make revenue. I, I was just watching an interview with Ray Dalio. You know, he wrote uh, Principles and uh, obviously guy is extremely successful. And, and in the interview, he sort of arrogantly claimed, I get more done in an hour than almost anybody. And I thought it was going to be some sort of productivity hack. He had some sort of planner and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the guy said, how do you do it? He said, I hire great people. That's <laughs> <laughs> so and he, true. But, he, you know, he very thoughtfully said they're hard to find. Somebody who will be loyal and faithful, who will work their tail off. He said, and, and the way I keep them, I pay them well, and I am extremely kind to them. You know, and he, he says, when you find that person, you just fall in love with them and you be really good to them. But it was all, it was interesting that his success was all about other people. He said, I just manage a team of really, really competent people. And I've figured out the secret. I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. Well, that's, you know, we've had that story unfold in our own company the last couple of years. When you and I have talked about really good things that are happening in the company where there's profitable growth, there's a person's name attached to that or a team of people. It's never, well, we got lucky there. Or, hey, you know, the four winds were blowing in our direction. It's, you know what? That person accomplished more than they probably thought they could and maybe more than we thought they could. Good people are behind every success story. Okay, so once we get the good people, and, and we're going to go into, we've got a live stream coming up that both Doug and I have referenced here. It's called The Business Made Simple Live Coaching on Talent Management. It's your playbook on hiring and compensating top talent. You can go to businessmadesimple.com and register now for that. It's on August 26th. It's free to all of our members. So if you're a member at Business Made Simple, we do this every month. This coming month, August 26th, it's on talent management. You can register at businessmadesimple.com. So we're going to have a lot more there about actually getting top talent in the door. But now that we've got top talent, they're nervous. Everything's changing for them. How do we onboard them to the greatest advantage for our company and for them? Well, I, I would say, Don, they're nervous and equally excited. And you can either fire that excitement cylinder or you can kill it that first week. So properly onboarding somebody during those first five days, I, I think sets the table for you know, retention. I really do. And so we have a very, very specific way, an hour by hour, day by day plan of what that individual is going to do that first week. And we set up lunches, not so we can you know, acknowledge that they get hungry. It is so that they can connect in a personal way with somebody that's going to be important at the company. So you really, you, I mean, you really direct and orchestrate a, a, a five-day experience that, is, that sets them up to do the best job. Yeah. You know where we start? We start with 
what they're going to say to their family and friends Friday night. Are you serious? Yeah. You guys cover that? We, we, we imagine them saying, we go, what do we want them to think, feel, and do? That's really cool. I didn't know. No wonder we have such great talent. I didn't know you guys were doing all that. You didn't know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm up here in La La Land writing books. No. <laughs> recording podcasts. <laughs> you guys, so you seriously, you give them the sort of sound bites that they need to explain to their family what they do. That's brilliant because it's not just a sound bite explaining to the family. It's explaining to themselves. It's metabolizing their job description. Yeah, well, we, you know, before we write that five-day plan, we kind of begin with the end in mind, the old Stephen Covey encouragement that we gave. And we we picture them with family and friends at a Friday night dinner. Oh, that so I got it. So you're you're reverse engineering exactly. after their first week what you want them yeah. to say. And if you go, got well, it. what would it take to to have somebody feel like they made the decision of a lifetime, that they're brilliant for joining our company? You know, what would that take? And so you often hear there's nothing like a first impression. And I really believe in that. I really do. You know, nothing like a good, positive, fast start. And if you you go into your first weekend after starting in our company and you're on fire and you're feeling and thinking and doing the things that that we've laid out, chances are when you hit a wall and everybody hits a wall in every company, that we will get the benefit of the doubt that they won't say, um, you know what? These guys were so sloppy. Day one, I had no technology. Nobody invited me. I ate my lunch by myself. My boss seems like a wing nut. He seems more <laughs> confused than me. Well, I, I, a, lot of, a lot of people just throw their new people into the deep end and hope they swim. Oh, yeah. They think it's kind of this, this fun test. They'll figure it out. You know, all that does is it's like sending somebody their freshman year of high school into the lunchroom and say, good luck. And you feel alone. You feel disenfranchised rather than, boy, I'm part of something bigger than myself here. This is fantastic. These people are so switched on and they're so happy to have me. Tell me that formula doesn't work. Okay. So orchestrate a great first week in which they meet everybody, their relational needs are taken care of, their emotional needs, they're excited and they know what their priorities are and they can get really excited about their job. You're right. I mean, uh, you know, as soon as the pistol fires, getting off to the right start is the key to the winning the race. But I do want to talk about once we have top talent, how do we keep them? What does is, what is top talent actually want? Now, you and I talked to Mark Miller over at Chick-fil-A. We spent a day with him, and he talks about top talent wants, this is very interesting to me, a great boss, a great boss. So, you know, So there's a relationship there that we have to maintain if we want to keep top talent. It's one of the reasons just to be a good person, right? They want a big vision. So they want they want to be working on some kind of mission, something that and that means you got to figure out how your company is a mission, solving people's problems, and give people. It's good for our well being when we're out there doing something good in the world. And then they want to develop themselves. They want to be better by the time they leave this company than they were when they began. So those are the three things that Chick Fil A realize people want the most. But there are other things, Doug. What do we do at our company to maintain and keep top talent? What are some of the things that you, as, as, as being in charge of management and execution, actually do? Yeah. You know, so, Don, one of the things that we believe in is having a very clear view of success. You know, one of the things that will drive a human being out of a company. And crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say crazy, but it's absolutely true. Out of the company, too. Yeah, no, it'll drive them right out of the company is if they show up on Monday and they're not totally clear on what success looks like. For them personally and for the company, right? 100%. 100%. So, you know, one of the practices that we've installed is we write down our critical priorities, we put them in writing, and we review them in a speed check every week. And 
you know, what we've found is that's a way for our leaders to come alongside of the team member and you know, support them in achieving those critical priorities and really helping them, you know, steer clear of obstacles and, and getting diverted. I mean, we, we often say it takes you about five days to get unfocused. So we've got a quick weekly meeting where we just get our focus and intensity dialed right back in. We did an employee engagement survey over the last year, Don. You know, one of the areas that scored the highest was, was those speed checks. Our team members love that. 100%. If you don't know what your priorities are, in about three days, you're going to because you have a stand-up meeting coming up and it's going to be rehashed over and over so you just can't lose focus. And, you know, people want to know what the story is about, why it matters, and what role they play in the story. That's what they want to know, what the story is about, why it matters, and what role they play in the story. And that stand-up meeting where we go through the critical priorities gives them that information every single week. Well, and two, I think our staff meeting, the way we choreograph that, really does invite you to be part of something bigger than yourself. And, and you referenced that a minute ago, but it really is true. If you're not inviting your team members into a story that's bigger than themselves, then at some point they will run out of gas and they will exit off the exit ramp. But Doug, I think we just helped a lot of people uh, with years worth of frustrations and problems. We, you know, we, we talked about you've got to bring in top talent. You've got to have a talent pool that you're looking at so that you can compare and contrast. You've got to onboard them well. Then you've got to let them know their priorities or they're just not going to stick around. Morale is going to go down. You and I are going to talk about a lot more than that, though, at the Business Made Simple live stream on talent management. We're going to talk about interviewing, onboarding, hiring, firing. We're even going to talk about one of the most difficult things that you and I had to, to face, and we I think we did an extremely good job, but it took a year. Compensation packages, that was that was a lot of noodling on your part with a calculator and a pencil. Well, that's, that is one of the single biggest challenges around talent management. We know that, Don, and there's, there's no easy answers, but we're going to give a lot of important insight on that topic. Here's a teaser. You basically want everybody to run their own company inside of your, your own company, and you want them having some power over the revenue that they can create. Uh, and, and if you do that, you know you can fire up a bunch of engines inside your company. It's really cool. We're going to talk about all this on Thursday, August 26th at 10 a.m. Central. If you are not a Business Made Simple member, go to businessmadesimple.com, register now. You'll get all the information you need. Not only do you get all of our on-demand courses, but you also get monthly live coaching in which I answer your questions. And yes, it's really live and I'm really talking to you. So go to businessmadesimple.com and register today. Doug, thanks for all the helpful tips. Uh, great to be with you, Don. Loved every minute. Well, there's a lot there in today's coaching session. I'm glad to have Doug Keim on the show today because he has really revolutionized our talent management. We are just getting great people. And not only that, we're optimizing the great people we've already got. And everybody's just getting better and better. That is all about clarity. If there is a closing thought in today's episode, it is clarity, clarity, clarity. Be clear about who you are looking for. Be clear about what's expected of them. Be clear about uh, their role in the company and where they belong. Be clear about praise. Be clear about constructive criticism. Be clear about compensation. Nobody likes a fog. Nobody wants to go into a, a job in which uh, they walk into the mist. They want to walk into clarity. It is worth it for you to spend some time creating clarity around the roles that you have at your organization. You know, I, I repeat what I said 
in the actual uh, conversation with Doug about Ray Dalio. Uh, you know, he wrote that book, Principles, that took off. And, uh, you know, he talked about how does he optimize his time? How does he optimize himself? He does it through others. The hard thing for many of us is we start a company, we, we created a product, we love that product, uh, we love the customers, we need some help delivering it, so we bring somebody on. They really help us a lot, and the, cus- the, the product just gets bigger and better and more people want it. And so we have to bring other people on to deal with, say, customer service or maybe finance. We got to bring salespeople on. We bring some marketing folks on. And then we realize, my gosh, we've got so many people here. All I'm doing is managing people. So we have to implement a management execution. Your job actually changes from visionary strategic leader to manager of a company that serves customers. That's a tough shift, but it's a shift that you need to make or you need to find somebody to help you make if you want to keep growing. And that growth will come through clarity. Make that shift. Learn to love inviting people into a mission in which you serve customers. Uh, You don't want to ever fall out of love with the mission or lose touch with the mission, but add to that mission not just a single protagonist in a story changing the world, but a group, a team. You went from playing tennis by yourself or golf by yourself to running a basketball team. And the faster we can make that mental switch, the better we can serve that team in order to help them change the world. Until next week, thank you for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you discover what's wrong with your business, and we show you how to fix it. If you got something out of today's episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Then go to businessmadesimple.com to see how our on-demand courses and live coaching events can give you the practical skills you need so you won't just sound like you understand business, you will actually know how a business works and how to grow it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.